Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. What's going on, everybody? Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover, and this is the Auburn Undercover podcast, Rapid Reaction Edition, following Auburn's dramatic and thrilling and wild 35-28 to 28 win over Ole Miss on Saturday at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, Nathan, we're going to dig deep into this game, and I'm joined by Nathan King, I should point out, of, of Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports. But, uh, but before we do, I just want to get your general thoughts. I mean, there's a lot to kind of get your arms around, but quickly – just, you know, first impressions off this game, and then we'll, we'll kind of uh, pull the layers back a little bit and get into it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Auburn has sort of an identity on offense now. Um, I mean, at least you can just take away from this game. I know you should have scored a lot of points, and you should have had this kind of offensive success against Ole Miss because they're a really, really bad defense. Um, but the ground game did what it was supposed to do. They went over 200 yards. That's the first time since Carrion Johnson was in the backfield that Auburn's gone for over 200 yards in three straight SEC games and then the Bo Nix to Seth Williams connection that that remains strong uh, again I'm tired of hearing all about all the off the field stuff whatever um, but I thought it was pretty poetic I guess for them to be able to put that behind them not that I think it ever really bothered them um, but I think Seth had eight catches for a buck 34 and then obviously that huge back shoulder throw um, that was just a really really well done play by Auburn for him to break away from that first defender Eli Stove came up with a really good block there at the end of the play um, and he, they make magic again. I mean, they've, they've had a few good connections over the years. Even before Bo Nix was on campus, Seth Williams was catching game-winning touchdowns from Jarrett Stidham. So he's got that clutch gene in him, and Auburn really looked to him. But I thought, you know, on the other side of the ball, this is a really high-powered Ole Miss offense, and, and they got some points and they got some yardage. But overall, Auburn got some defensive stops when it needed them. Um, and then, again, it's the third straight game that they've given the ball back to Bo Nix, and that's huge. They got the defensive stop when they needed it, giving Auburn a chance to go down the field and win the game. And in the past two out of three games, they've been able to do it. All right. Let me backtrack here. You said off the field issues with Bo Nix and Seth Williams. I think what you meant was sideline arguments, right? I want to clarify here. Not, yes, not, not any, I, I didn't want anybody a few to few inches yeah. off the field. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't want anybody inches. to, I didn't want anybody to, uh, Oh, what's going on here, right. guys. And let's not my words. At, I don't think, yeah, I don't think let's, it matters. That's right. Let's take a look at the statistics again, Auburn 35, Ole Miss 28, Bo Nix, uh, 23 of 30 passing, not bad, 238 yards, one touchdown, QBR uh, quarterback rating of 84.8. Uh, Tank Bigsby, 24 carries, 129 yards and two touchdowns with a long of 19. Uh, you'd like him to have a longer, long rush. However, but this means that he's averaging, you know, five-plus yards per carry without having one long run to kind of – uh, make the yardage per carry look better than it really is. So, uh, again, a bit, another big day for Tank Bigsby, the dynamic freshman running back, true freshman running back from Troop County High just outside of, of LaGrange. And uh, actually, excuse me, Callaway High School. Boy, I can't get those two mixed up. They're rivals. Callaway High School, third straight 100-yard rushing game for Tank Bigsby. Seth Williams, as you mentioned, big day, eight catches, 134 yards. Quietly, Anthony Schwartz, seven catches, 59 yards. Eli Stowe, five catches. John Samuel Schenker with a huge – uh, 15-yard catch on third and 13 at one point in Ole Miss territory. 
Xavier Capers with the catch, Kobe Hudson with the catch. Also should point out that Sean Shivers, 11 carries for 60 yards. Bo Nix, 10 carries for 52 yards. Uh, Shivers and Nix each had one rushing touchdowns. But Shivers is the guy a lot of people are talking about right now, uh, Nathan, especially Ole Miss fans. And, and I'm going to get you to talk about this. But after Ole Miss went ahead 28-27, to 27, they kicked off. The Rebels kicked off. The ball squirted past Shivers into the end zone where um, an Ole Miss player jumped on it and thought, hey, maybe I got a touchdown. Replays look like uh, – showed that the ball certainly looked like it, it may have touched Sean Shiver's hand. It, had Ole Miss gotten a touchdown there, boy, we might be talking about a different result right now. What was your impression of that play, and how significant was it that Auburn was able to get the ball back? Yeah, how about that, too? And another uh, another close close call there at the end of yeah. the game with, you yeah. know – you know, could they, would they have, have, have some gone the other way? We might be talking about a different ball game. Hey, obviously. don't ham and haw. What, did hey. he touch the ball? Come on. What do you, what do you think? I, so my biggest thing was that they said the replay booth did go back and look at it and they didn't find anything. And that, to me, that's the biggest thing. To me, when I looked at it, I didn't see the ball necessarily change direction when it came past him. Yeah. It kind of kept skipping, but to me, yeah. it didn't really immediately <laughs> turn. So yeah, yeah. Nathan, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, I guess if they yeah. looked at it, then. I keep cutting you off here. We got a little bit of a, a pause, but Hey, so my question is, you know, some people were saying on Twitter, well, look, look at Sean Shiver's reaction. He immediately turns around and, and looks at the ball as if he, he did touch it. Um, but I have to remind people that no matter how many kickoffs somebody has returned, when the ball gets past them, they all kind of initially freak out. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. You get a little jump. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, even if you know the rule in your head and your heart and you've been through it a hundred times, you kind of think, Oh God, what have I done? And then, Oh, okay. It's nothing. So even if he didn't touch it, you might still have the same reaction, but uh, let's talk about now about that final drive from Auburn, you know, down one, taking the, taking over uh, possession with two twenty-five left a couple passes uh, and then lightning strikes from the 42 uh, Nathan, talk about that play. Bo Nix, and you, you brought it up in the intro, but again, these are two guys that were yelling at each other on the sideline last week, which, by the way, happens all the time, but it, it got a lot of national attention. Here they are connecting for one of the biggest plays, one of the coolest and most electrifying touchdown passes, uh, certainly in the eight seasons I've covered, Auburn. Yeah, yeah, it's just another one for Seth Williams. Like I said before, I mean, he's, you know, the Oregon one comes to mind. He had the one against Texas A&M when he was only a true freshman. But yeah, but uh, Gus Malzahn was saying that play was set up really, really well. And Bo put the ball exactly where it needed to go. And that's a drive that started with a sack for Auburn. So, you know, they kind of got behind the chains a little bit. And Bo kept his confidence up. I thought he made some really good throws along the sideline. It's Eli Stove early in the drive. And I think he had another one. to, And he had a big pass before that to Seth Williams as well. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's their number one guy. And, uh, he, you know, with his injury that he had kind of a few games into the year, I don't think he was 100%. It kind of looked like he was a little slow. And when he's not able to pull in those passes, that's big for Auburn. When he's not able to go up and yeah, get him. Yeah, no doubt. But when he looks 100%, when he looks like he's able to take over a ball game, whether it's in the red zone like Kentucky or whether it's in the middle of the field here against Ole Miss, that's huge for this offense. That changes everything. You can just pound, pound, pound on the ground yeah. and then set up with your big play receiver. So, again, I think they found some identity in this game. Even if it was against a bad defense, um, they did a lot of what they were supposed to do. Pretty incredible that, you know, Seth Williams' second most memorable play in the game was, I think, a third down reception where he, he hurtled entirely over an Ole Miss defender. So another big game for him, obviously a big game for Tank Bigsby. 
But before we get to Tank, we got to talk about Bo Nix. I mean, he's coming off a three-interception game. Again, 20 of 38 – or excuse me, uh, 20 of oh – gosh, tw- hold on. i got to pull up the stats again. 23 of 30 in this game, 238 yards, like we said, a touchdown. No interceptions, no big miscues. I know at the end of the first half he kind of took Auburn potentially out of field goal range uh, on a third down play where he lost three yards. But, but no catastrophe plays. Paid, played tough. That scramble on third and 13 inside Ole Miss territory when he found John Samuel Schenker with that flick of the wrist pass. Pretty efficient day for Bo Nix. Uh, and, again, did it on the ground, so close to 300 yards. Did he take a step forward today, Nathan? I thought he did a lot of things that you look at Bo in the past at what he's done well, and I think he hit on a lot of those things. I think when he scrambles out of the pocket like that and he's able to keep his eyes downfield, he's able to find those little short reads like he did with Shanker. He's really, really effective. That kind of reminded me of the Sean Shivers play in the Iron Bowl last year where he flipped it out there too. But then just, yeah, with his legs too, he was effective. I thought he was able to take off on some scrambles. I think, you know, Chad Morris talked about it before the game on the radio about how he'd like to just see him stand in and make those throws downfield, kind of like we saw against Kentucky. And we saw him do a lot of that today. We saw some good throws. Like you said, there was the big throw that got him down to the goal line. Seth Williams made so many good plays. I can't even remember them all. There was the one that got him down to the one yard line. That was a huge, you know, launch across his body. You know, the guy's going to go up and get it. Um, But he he did have some happy feet at times today. I don't think he was 100% perfect. um, But in terms of a step forward after a three interception game, he didn't hang his head. He had a good week of practice. His guys knew he wasn't going to be down on them. Um, And his energy was good the entire game. And like you said, the big thing was when you're running the ball so well, you don't want your quarterback to ruin that for you. And he did the exact opposite. And he instead, uh, you know, had some really good plays and eventually made the game winning one. You know, obviously they fell behind. They had to rely a little bit more on his arm in the second half. Uh, quite frankly, because Ole Miss was focusing so much on stopping the run. Everybody knew coming into this game, Auburn was going to try to establish the run, and it did. Uh, and again, Tank Bigsby over 100 yards, three straight games. Sean Shivers did some very good things, too. So Auburn kind of got that established. There weren't too many head-scratching moments on offense. I mean, you can't score on every single drive, obviously. Uh, the series before Auburn took the lead at the end of the game, I believe, was a, a quick three and out or just kind of a, a cluster, you know what. But but there weren't too many complaints. And obviously Ole Miss, uh, you know, look, they don't have the best defense in the world, had given up over 500 yards a game entering this game. But this was more of a field uh, a game where both these teams tried to establish the run. So even though it was 35 to 28, neither team was going to get 700 yards because they were running the ball and taking a lot of clock with it. But uh, Tank Bigsby continues to do it, Nathan. And then the guy sensationally had a 100-yard kickoff return that was called back by a questionable holding call. Though, if you're an Auburn fan, it's probably hard to complain too much about a penalty that didn't go your way in this game, uh, given the nature of the, of the Shivers play. But uh, that just shows you what a talent is. People say, why is he still returning kickoffs? Well, that's why. Uh, special teams are hidden yardage. And that guy is going to fight, scratch, and claw for everything. And when he gets a scene, he can be gone. And that illustrated that right there. But uh, just another outstanding game from Tank, Nathan. Yeah, and that's a really good point, Keith, is those hidden yards. That's something that Gus was talking about either last week or the week before that, how they were kind of losing in those kind of situations and were kind of getting behind on some yardage they could maybe pick up. Yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal kick returner. Um, Bo Nick said after the game that uh, he's going to have to go back and look at the film on that uh, holding call. I don't think Auburn was very excited about that. And you hated to see it, too, if you're an Auburn fan because it came so far behind the play. Um, but, yeah, a guy that just is a monster between the tackles, Cole Kublick, the sideline reporter, had the little clicker that was counting all of the broken tackles. And I think Auburn fans, I mean, they're probably not taking it for granted, but at this point, that's just how he runs. 
and you're just expecting that, but you kind of got to get away from the microscope a little bit and realize this is not a normal thing for true freshman running backs. Um, you knew better than anybody the kind of talent that he was coming out of high school, um, but I just don't know if anybody expected him to make this kind of an impact off the bat to the point where, look, maybe besides Seth Williams, maybe uh, he's their number one option on offense. He is their number one offensive threat when they're trying to move the ball down the field. And like you said, it's no small thing that Sean Shivers um, came back. DJ Williams actually got a little banged up in this game, Gus Malzahn said. So Shivers, I mean, Gus says he's still not 100% healthy, but he was looking shifty as ever, um, kind of making those moves that we've come to expect from him. He's really hard to bring down between the tackles as well. So moving forward for them, yeah, their their running back room is getting their guy who was the starter at the beginning of the season. Now you're pairing with this electrifying freshman again. Feels like they might have a bit of an identity moving forward. Yeah, and by the way, you know, DJ Williams isn't a bad option either. He does a lot of nice things. But I, I can't tell you, dating, going back to uh, when Tank Bigsby was a senior in high school, I would say that Jason Caldwell, uh, who works with us also at Auburn Undercover, uh, we know definitively, without question, <laughs> that and you can figure this out for yourself, that Tank Bigsby was, was Gus Malzahn's number one offensive target in the 2020 class. That was the guy he wanted. That was the guy he locked in on. That was a guy that he knew he had to have, and now you know why. He's so special. And by the way, the fans that are concerned about these kickoff returns, look, obviously he could get hurt. Uh, no question, you can get hurt on any play. You can get hurt on the sidelines. I mean, but the question is, in Auburn, you have to have faith if you're a fan that they use analytics, that they take statistics and numbers, and they weigh the injury percentage on a kickoff return versus the amount of, of traction you're going to get from using a guy at that position. Believe me, they're not going to throw out their maybe best or second best offensive weapon out there if they were really, really worried about something catastrophic happening. I mean, that, that, you know, so they're having to weigh their need, his ability, uh, the likelihood that somebody could get injured on a return. And they feel like those, yard, those yards are very important. And if you can start at the 27, 28, 29, 30 uh, instead of the 20, that makes a big difference in SEC football, even though defenses are a little bit lackluster this year. Now, Nathan, you were talking about Auburn's defense a little bit earlier. Look, at times it wasn't pretty. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss completed 17 to 28 passes, 161 yards. That's not too bad. Intercepted two passes, including one on the final play of the game. A big pick by Roger McCreary. In the first quarter when Ole Miss drove inside the 10 and Matt Corral was intercepted uh, in the center of the end zone by McCreary, I believe that was his second pick in his many games. And then you look at Ole Miss's rushing, though. That's really where Auburn struggled on Saturday. 51 carries for Ole Miss, 283 yards. And really, their offense seemed to take off with the insertion of John Rice Plumley at quarterback in the first half. Although he had a quick 40 yards, ended the game with only 48. Matt Corral, actually, uh, their starting quarterback, finished with 10 carries for 88 yards. Jerry and Ely, 74 yards. Skip Connor, 75 yards. And a lot of yards after contact, too. Uh, it was problematic for Auburn at times, uh, Nathan, stopping that run. Yeah, and this is an Ole Miss offense that loves to get those free yards on first down. They'll, they'll snap the ball in like six to seven seconds after a big play um, because they know those defensive linemen aren't set, and they know that if they can get one guy blocking at the second level, that's seven free yards. And so that's kind of what you've seen out of Ole Miss all season. Um, this, is, this is probably the best performance by a defense against them, though, besides what Arkansas did. You know, if you're not going to turn them over seven times, um, holding them to 28 points overall is pretty good because Alabama couldn't do that. Florida couldn't do that. Kentucky couldn't do that. Um, and so there were a lot of good moments for Auburn's defense, but at the same time, um, a lot of stuff to go and, and look and improve on. That's what Owen Papo was kind of saying after the game. He said, look, you know, we got these great stops when we needed them. Not only the interception 
in the end zone, the interception at the end of the game, the, 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 fake, the fake field goal stop that was really, really big. Obviously, I don't think Auburn scored after that, but you still kept Ole Miss from getting points on the board. They did a lot of good things. They, were, they, they, they answered the bell when they needed to and gave Bo Nix a chance at the end of the game. But at the same time, this is a defense that thinks they can continue to improve. They're obviously not 100% healthy. I think K.J. Britt just being in Oxford help them he did he couldn't travel last week he traveled to this game Owen Papo said he was like an energizer bunny on the sideline all throughout the game so that was a big boost for them they're going to continue to get healthier um, but I know like you know like you said that they're not going to be happy with all the yards they let up and just some really long grueling touchdown drives by Ole Miss where they were kind of just able to run the ball at will that's obviously not going to sit very well with Kevin Steele moving forward but look for the third straight game they got the stop when they needed it and and they gave Bo Nix the ball back and the chance to win the game you know, I, I, you play a team with that kind of balance on offense, and, and forgive me, everybody, I'm still battling <clears throat> this never-ending cold, but uh, you have to pick your poison. Uh, am I going to let them throw for chunks of yardage against my defense if you're Kevin Stewart? Or am I going to try to say, okay, let's stop the pass first, keep everything in front of us, and let them run? And I, and I think you saw a lot of three-man fronts. Jason Caldwell pointed that out, a lot of three-man fronts uh, for Auburn. And so you're going you're gonna to allow a lot of yards there, but they did – as much as the yardage started to pile up, most of the damage was done in front of Auburn. And the theory, again, being, look, it's, a, it's, it's still a fairly young defense, uh, a secondary that's been struggling uh, with some miscues. If you keep everything in front of you, perhaps things will bog down for the offense over the course of a 15-play, 80-yard type drive. Um, and, and you're right, Nathan, they did make stops when it counted. Nathan, for Auburn, look, a win's a win. They're three and two. If they lose that game, they're two and three with LSU coming to town, then an off week. And boy, I mean, you lose that game and all of a sudden you start thinking, is Auburn going to even get to five and five? Now five and five and better still seems realistic, if not probable. Uh, you've, yeah, look, it was a tough game. I mean, you know, people are going to say, oh, it's only a seven point win. Well, a lot of people thought Auburn was going to lose that game. Many, many, many people thought Auburn was going to lose. And Auburn, in fact, did win the game. So what is Auburn's feeling coming out of this right now? What's the, the morale of the team, do you think, right now, Nathan? Well, if you want to go off of some, uh, some Instagram live videos from some of the players after the game, they were, having a, Why not? Good, they were yeah. having, a, they were having a pretty good time in the locker room. So, no, I mean, you get a, you get a win like that on the road where you get – you know, just this huge play at the end of the game. Obviously, you feel like when you're a defense, you made two stops at the end of the game when you needed it. And so you can kind of, you know, wait till the film comes and you can just ignore it for the time being and be like, we just got to win, um, you know, a huge win that you needed. I, I've been shying away from, quote, must win, you know, game. I, don't, I think that's ridiculous. But this is a game where it really felt like if Auburn lost this game, it would, it would, it would mean bad things for the program. It, it, it would just feel really bad, um, you know, in the locker room. Yes, I just think agree with you. Would, things would kind of really take a damper for the 2020 season. People wouldn't be sure what kind of product they'd be delivered this year. But now you look ahead to LSU. That's a game you're back in Jordan-Hare Stadium. This has been a two-game road trip for Auburn. Maybe if you're Auburn, you can move to four and two now. And then there are some manageable games at the end of the schedule. Obviously, Alabama and Texas A&M, they still loom. Those are going to be really tough games. Um, but there are some ones you can also win. And so Gus Malzahn said after the game, he said, look, this is, this is just the SEC this year. Every yeah. game feels like it's going to come down to the wire. Um, so this one, to me, I think if you're an Auburn fan, you're saying, look, this wasn't Arkansas. This wasn't a game where it really felt like you almost should have lost the game. Maybe you look back at that Shivers play, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. The officials reviewed it and said it was fine. Um, but your, your team made the big play when they needed to, kind of similar to the Anders Carlson field goal. Now they've got to take that momentum. And instead of after the Arkansas game, 
they didn't really take the momentum from a bounce back win, you know, to South Carolina. They started. Yeah, college, no doubt. Now you have to take this. You're going back to your home stadium against LSU. I don't care how bad LSU is supposed to be this year. It's still LSU versus Auburn. It's still a huge game for this team. You're taking a lot of momentum back to your home field. And so you've got to capitalize on it because I think going into your bye week, if you're four and two, you're feeling pretty decent about where you are. You know, you kind of, you kind of didn't want to lose that South Carolina game. A lot of people got really up in arms about the state of the program after that one. Um, but four and two is not looking too bad. And then after that, if you can win a game or two, five and two, six and two, all of a sudden you've got a chance to really turn around the season. So I agree with you, Keith. This was a massive win that you had to get. Um, and for Auburn now, it's just going to be about capitalizing on the momentum that comes from it. Well, you know, people talk about the games that Auburn should have lost. Well, I mean, you could argue that Auburn may have – I hate to say should have won. South Carolina beat them by eight. But when you look at the statistics and you look at the at – the, the, that Auburn's offense really was never stopped by itself, you could argue that, hey, they let that one get away. But uh, one thing I want to point out, Nathan, is that, you know, I saw a lot of the happy faces on the sideline. I saw players congratulating other players. Anthony Schwartz had a big catch on that last series that got a first down. First person to congratulate him on the sideline was Christian Tut. Uh, and, and, you know, for all the talk about dissension in the locker room, I always find that to be amusing, Nathan, when teams lose a game by three or four plays and the world's collapsing and they lost because of this, that. The, the facility, the fact they rode on a bus, this, and it, and it's, look, the games come down to blocking, tackling, and essentially in a close game, five or six plays. And against South Carolina, those five or six plays didn't go for Auburn. And today, a lot of them did. Big win, 35 to 28. Auburn moves to three and two. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin's first year, despite this dynamic offense, is one and four. And the road does not get much easier for the Rebels. So Auburn escapes, LSU comes to town for a Halloween battle against the Bayou Bengals from Baton Rouge. Should be a good one. Want to thank Nathan King of Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports for joining us. This is a Auburn Undercover podcast, rapid reaction style after a big win by the Tigers in Oxford, Mississippi. Thanks, everybody. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts